Here we go. All right, all right, all right. Let me do exactly right. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Boom. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How y'all doing? Amy McCabe here, your Restoration Rebel leader. This is the Restoration Rebel Roundtable for the 11th of September, 2018. Uh, might be mildly appropriate that we're, it's a se September 11th, and we're going to be talking about catastrophes. Um, 2001 was a long time ago, but that was quite a catastrophe. But before we get into that, we're going to do the do. Here we go, Rebel Commitments. In order to maintain clarity of purpose, we ask that every member of the Rebel community make the following commitments. Wow, that stuff is strong. Commitment number one, I will protect the value of my services. I will never provide free services as this would only serve to erode the value of similar services industry-wide. Commitment number two, I will practice incredible transparency. I will explain our processes in detail to my client. I will never hide details and manipulate reports. I will never communicate with a third party without also communicating with my client. Who, who still does that? Shame on you if you do that. Commitment number three, I do not believe in competition. The restoration professionals in my market are part of my community. I will be an active member of that community. It is our unbreakable unity that will create the change that we strive for. Commitment number four, I am willing to walk away from any project, any client, any contract that is not compatible with my values and stated mission. Good business does not require us to give up money, sleep, or our humanity. What is up, people? Wow, this... Um, this bang step is serious, serious. Mm. Okay, who is here for the first time? Brian. Brian here. It's every day is like new. Like he's like he's like a dog. Oh, hi! You're home. You're home. You're home. Uh, let's get Caleb Willis in the room here, and Mr. John Schumann. John Schumann. John. John, have you been on a Rebel Roundtable before? Have you been here before, John? Yes, once. Okay. All right. So you don't have to introduce yourself. But guess oh, what? You're I'm, I'm, not, I'm not John Schumann. I'm Michael Kaplan. Oh, all right, Michael. Where, what part of the country are you guys in? New Jersey. New Jersey. All right. Sounds like you're hiding from the kids. I'm going to go. No, ahead. that wasn't my background. So oh. I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. No new folks. That's good. Mark Turner. Let's get you in the room. Uh, so tonight we're going to talk about. Um, we talk about this thing called Florence heading to the East Coast. Going to hit uh, Thursday morning sometime. Probably going to be Category 4. Off chance it might be 5. We'll see. Uh, Clark, why don't you uh, head us off here and uh, get us down, going down the road. I don't have a whole lot of a cat experience. I'm going to tell you all right now. Um, last year was the, was the lion's share of my catastrophe experience and my hurricane experience with Irma and Harvey and the wildfires. Um, so I'm going to hand this over to uh, somebody with a little more experience. Mr. Clark Brown, go ahead. Well, it might be short-lived because the bottom just fell out and start raining on me. So, um, yeah, let me, I'll be on in five seconds. I'm going to run in the house. Don't ruin your camera or your phone. Um, who here isn't Lindsay? Lindsay, you've got some experience. Tell us, tell us what to expect coming up next this this week and into the weekend any question that you are not sure of the answer to you're gonna have to find mm. <laughs> <laughs> there there 
just like when you're brand new in the industry, every single day, every job you step onto, you're going to find something new you have never seen before. Yeah, like chloroform. Joe Ledbetter. <laughs> that wasn't on the list of dangerous shit you had in your buildings. That's right. <laughs> so you, you really have to be prepared and above and beyond everything, no matter what. Make sure your documentation is on point, no matter what. Document, document, document. Because when you get to the end of it and you have this bill, whether it's 5000 or a million, that is going to be the only thing that's going to save you. Yeah, and you know everything you do is going to get picked apart. It's not going to get picked apart right away. You might actually get paid right away, but you know there's an audit coming. Large loss means audit central. You have to have an audit-proof file, audit-proof documentation. If you can't prove that you did it, guess what? You didn't do it. You didn't do it. What's your, uh, Lindsay, where have you done your cat work, your, your cat duty? Oh, all over the place. I've worked for a lot of large loss companies. Um, so I've gone out as, as the restoration company. I've also gone out as the estimation team mm -hmm. dealing with the restoration companies that didn't do their documentation properly. Mm -hmm. um, ah. <laughs> so ah, that never happens. <laughs> so, um, you know, when it comes down to it, whether somebody else is writing your estimate or you're having to argue it, no matter the case, you have to make sure that you have everything in order. And if that means that you need to pay somebody an extra four hours a day on overtime to make sure that everybody turned in their documentation and everything's ready to be submitted on a weekly basis, and then you just, you just make the bill bigger as you go on, but yep. you start on the weekly basis yep. and you submit your billing weekly yep. with all your documentation and you tell your office people, listen, we might have four books this big, but it's got to be turned in by Monday morning at 9 a.m. every week, no matter what. Rain or shine. Rain or shine. That's right. Uh, Stephen gets a good question. Stephen asks a question, uh, who provides paper packets of documentation for new guys like me? Uh, well, there's a lot you could do. Are you, first off, are you going? Are you deploying? Okay, you, got, uh, you have an official invite. Or, or what's your game plan, Stephen? Tell us about a uh, little bit about that so we can answer your question better. Okay, so I've got a couple of already contacts, uh, people that I know in the area of Greenville, North Carolina. Okay. A um, couple of churches that I'm affiliated with. And they're saying, already contacted come, the pastors. come now because we're going to need you. We don't know what we need you for, but come now. Well, I'm not going now. Sure. Um, that's kind of something I'm trying to figure out. Wait till the waters recede. I mean, that's my plan and go in and start extracting and start working with the people that have already contacted me and hit, you know, hit up on some homeowners while I'm there. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a uh, big commercial loss guy, mm. more residential. Mm. Um, so that's kind of my niche, but I've got about four, other rebel restorers that are going to be in the same area that we've got contacts with. I've also reached out to a local Greenville uh, contractor that's already in the area to see if I can work under him. 
for anything that he needs support with mm-hmm. um, because I'm already going to be in the area. So he knows the area. He knows the people. He's got the name. I don't mind subbing, you know, work underneath him and just working underneath the guy just to give him support so he doesn't have to lose business, you know, pass it up to the other guys because he doesn't have anybody to turn to. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to see if he was part of the rebel group. He's not, but I reached out to him through PM today. So maybe he'll reach out to me tomorrow. Um, but I've got a couple of churches that I, that I'm affiliated with through people that I know as pastors sure. that are in the area. So that's yeah. kind of my already in road, but I don't know where else that's going to take me other than, you know, I did this in Baton Rouge. It worked out pretty well for me. I just got my feet wet there, but now I'm looking to go, go big. I'm looking to, to you know, my business partner is going to stay here. Uh, Daniel, he's going to stay here locally run the show here while I'm there. So good. Well, I think, um, what are you rocking now for, for your mitigation paperwork right now? Pen and paper. Right. But what I'm I using 24 hour tech. You're using something you made up on your own. What are you, what are you doing? I'm basically using a hybrid, um, sketching everything in Xactimate online mm. and then just using that as a template, but I'm just billing everything in QuickBooks. Okay. Well, I don't, you're not going to have the time or the, you, you don't want to have to stop and sketch these things. And I really don't want to, I don't want to do any of the estimating. So I'm looking for resources. I'm looking for any inroads to say, Hey, look, let's partner up. We can do all this legwork on this side. We can get you equipment on this side. You just put the boots on the ground and we'll get you done. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to, you can stay with a pen and paper. You definitely can. You want time sheets. You want daily sheets uh, of, for every job. You want a sign-in, sign-out sheet for every job. And you want a requisition form of some kind so you can track how much material you've bought, you've purchased and put on every single job. Um, and then it's just a big – it's time and material. It's it's the, the purest form of time and material. And, and, Clark, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you you just back up. You, you, your your time and material documentation writes your invoice for you, um, so it's not it's not an Xactimate function usually. Um, you could back it into Xactimate, um, but usually it's it's uh, whatever your contract says. You did time and material, and you do a markup according to your contract, and go. So you, if you want to, I would say you want to hire someone that can be kind of your clerk at the office to start compiling as as you go and you maybe have four crews going i don't know how many crews you plan on having but every crew has a lead and that leads main responsibility is to get all the paperwork back to the clerk every day and then you start writing your invoices that way clark you're back and you're dry you're not, you're not, what? not raining inside hey, so. steven i want to i want to give you a, a, a thought maybe some of you can try when you get if you're able to get any work with some of these churches, you know, look at the church administrative staff, right? So if the church has got a decent sized congregation, they're going to have, you know, 10 or 15 actual employees, five or six of those girls are going to be admin of some kind, right? They already use a computer. They already know the local area, things like that. Like you can reach out to people like that and offer to pay them because often they're displaced, not getting paid by their job and they can work from home on a computer, organizing stuff, working on stuff, organizing receipts, things like that, doing admin work, um, and for pennies on the dollar, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's kind of a good scenario. So 
Think of the resources that every single job you do has and then cannibalize those resources to make your loss more efficient, cost effective, and, and ultimately show a customer a savings through like value engineering, right? Like I'm not going to go rent nine high lows from Sunbelt on a large loss when the customer's got six of them sitting in front of me. Right. I'm not going to do that. Like, right. So look at your jobs and look at what resources you can pull from your, your actual jobs to make your jobs efficient, no matter how big the job is. Yeah. Uh, Brian, Brian, what's this? What's this? Uh -oh. All right. That was weird. Um, What's this uh, FEMA W13025A? That's that's like a lot of numbers. That's the um, guidelines I think FEMA drew up in 1992 that guides how they pay. So mm. just the the base thing, if you're not going to document, if you're not going to say how many DHUs, you're not going to monitor whatever, um, they're only going to pay like three days and it's going to mm. be $7 per square foot. They don't care what you do. Flat rate. Either not going to allow Creators, supplemental power, whatever. But if you do document everything just like a regular loss, if you can find a way to do it, they'll pay for everything. Okay. I, Good. I learned that down here in Harvey. Good. Good to know. Thanks, Brian. All right, Clark. Right. So, we had some so weird, guys, weird feedback. Go ahead, Joe. Real quick. So documentation. We talk about this all the time. And and for everyone listening and watching this that's going to see this, everyone documents their own process. Some people are iPad, some people are pen and paper, some are combination. But here's the reality. There's one thing that all of you can do that requires none of that. And that's just take a picture, mm. right? Like I'm not going to get on the company cam train right now, but I'm telling you right now, like I'm going to go do cat and I'm going to use my freaking phone and take a picture of transparency. Yes. I'm going to, I'm my attempt on this cat is to actually turn in a full bill, photographic time, date, stamp, geotag, complete a photo bill. Like I'm going to attempt that on this cat because that's the reality of transparency. So just think about that. Like, Take pictures of everything that you do. I mm. promise you still won't take enough. Yeah, you won't. You won't. All right, Sean, raising his hand so politely. Look, just such a good boy, Sean. All right, go ahead. Yeah, be aware on that, that NFIP guidelines. It's not a guideline. If you read it, it's pushed as that by every adjuster I ever come across. But if you read it, it is a memorandum. It is an internal memorandum. And it clearly states in there it's not a how-to nor a drying guide whatsoever. It was for internal use, but they push it as a guideline. Mm. So, uh, and there are multiple methods. Their calculation on equipment. Uh, if, if you push back on that, you know what you're talking about. You will get no pushback on it whatsoever. You know? Perfect. How much flood work or how much uh, cat work have you done? Sean? Oh, I've done a lot. Probably first with uh, Caprina Rita and just about everyone since then. Mm -hmm. All right. That's why we're here, man. We have so much knowledge in this room. It's unbelievable. All right, Clark, I'm going to try one more time. We have some weird free feedback coming. Maybe you might have to put a headset on. Yeah. I can hear us coming through yours and back into yours. We're good now, though? I think so. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, thanks for waiting. Yeah, we got real granular. I think we got into the billing, but I'm, I've been getting calls and texts, and, and I'm sure many have all day, of should I leave home base? And we did this with Harvey. We had the same type of roundtable, as a matter of fact, and mm -hmm. um, it, it was a good meeting. It was worth it. I don't know that we changed anybody's mind. I don't know if we saved anybody 
any money. And I don't know if we made anybody any money. We didn't get feedback. But I do know that after Harvey, after a lot of people started talking about their experiences, they chose not to go and they doubled their business in their backyard. And I just want, I want to tell everybody that that is a potential, depending on where you live. Um, and if you market it that way, if you aren't sure whether you should go, if you're nervous about going to the cat, I would tell you you probably shouldn't. I think it takes a certain bit of grit. What's up, Joe? It takes a certain bit of, uh, of, of moxie grit, uh, courage because you're going to be looking at how much money you're going to be spending and throwing out. I did hear something a while ago. I don't have experience with using Xactimate and a cat. And from what I hear about it, I would probably say don't try because if you think the prices are bad on your everyday time, imagine mm -hmm. a cat when nobody's going to do any work for what cat, you know, Xactimate says you can. Um, so you're going to get a lot of pushback trying to push a custom price list in a cat for the first time only. But I just really wanted to talk to a lot of people about what they don't realize is it's not like a normal go down the street, Home Depot's got everything you need, uh, your Sunbelt, your United, your Neff. Those guys are out. And I'll tell you right now that the big boys have already put millions of dollars on standby. And when I say standby, they're already paying a piece of the, of the ticket or full price just to say they've got it first. Mm -hmm. So you get there, you aren't bringing something with you from Ohio. You might need to rethink that. But um, it, it, storms are all about access and resources. Uh, the um, and then more specifically, I had one very, very specific call with a guy today, and I know North Carolina like the back of my hand. I've probably done this same storm forty times. I've gone up there. Um, Everybody's really, really chomping at the bit and watching. But I'll tell you what, North Carolina, if it's 30 or 40 miles one way or the other, it's a swamp and a tobacco field. Yes, there'll be a lot of localized flooding. And if you want to do FEMA work, there will be that there. But North Carolina is one of those states where they check out where you're from. They smell out-of-towners showing up. They do their homework. They put their guard up a whole lot. So I always recommend – if you know anybody in North Carolina to attach yourself to or whatever state you're going to, if that's an option, and I think Stephen was um, found some contacts in North Carolina, that will help you. And a lot of times in your first in your first storm, in your first cat. Now, this is all just my experience. My experiences are a lot different than a lot of people's. But your very first time or even your second time going, you might be paired up with somebody else. You may even be a sub but it's not like a normal sub. You'll make really good margins if you work a good deal. But until you have contacts, until you have property managers or brokers that really, really, really believe in you and are willing to put their name on their line for you, they're not going to walk you into some big losses. Um, I, those are just the things I say. I, just, I, I don't want to talk anybody out of going, but I sure want to say if you are, if your stomach is in knots, whether you should or shouldn't, you should probably shouldn't, or if you do, go go send one person ahead, try to land some jobs, and then bring in the cavalry. But don't send your everybody because you'll go and sit in a hotel for three or four days before they even open up the areas from evacuation. Um, but yeah. those that, that's it in a nutshell. Um, some people have a whole lot of success, and I think those kinds of people are the type 
that always have success in everything they do. They fall backwards into good luck. Hmm. I think people have a whole lot of charisma and can talk. Yeah, Lindsay. Lindsay says her. Some people can go to a cat with zero sold and walk away with eight nine hundred thousand dollars. Some go that are incredible operators that, and this I want to be real careful saying this. Sometimes you got to bend the rules a little bit in the cat. Sometimes you got to be a little less clean than you sometimes are. And I, you can ask me later what that means, and I'll tell you privately. But um, you will, you better have your documentation and you know your contracts with subs and with primaries in hand. You better have your documentation because I know people. I know people um, that are still waiting to get paid from Matthew, which was, somebody help me, 13, 14, and Baton Rouge. Still waiting. Oh, yeah, this church, this business had a lot of money. Mm. Well, they didn't, they didn't give it to the contractor. So mm. that's all. I, again, I want everybody to do really, really well. Um, actually, I just saw a few minutes ago, it kind of it slowed down a little bit. It might not come in as more than a three or three and a half. So. Well, that's it. But I mean, we don't have enough time to talk about everything about a cat, but just, you're not going to realize how hard it is to get your hands on a lot of things, including water, ice, shelter, sleeping. You'll end up driving two hours away and, um, you know, commuting every night. Yeah. So get a, uh, find a local contact, get invited. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, bring everything you need with you. Uh, have a game plan how you're going to document it before you have to document it. Uh, and it's about getting the job done, not necessarily following all the rules to the T because it's, it's a war zone and, and you, sh it's all, you just get it done. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I actually, um, I think everything Clark said is a hundred percent on point, right? Not even a variation, but I actually, I want to talk you out of it. So here, it's really simple to me, right? Like if you just, if you just asked yourself, should I go or shouldn't you go like four days ago when this shit made the, like the news, like the answer is no, like that's not even, you're not even in the right place. So don't even think about going, just stop that action right now. Like I, I want you to just save yourself, stay in your market and keep doing what you're doing. If you've been thinking about going on cat work for the past six months, eight months, a year, you put some planning time against it. You figured out how your office is going to operate. You've kind of put some idea on who would, who might come. Like, then you're the person, like, I don't want to discourage you. But if you just learned about this in the national news like a week ago, then just answer, stay home. Now, <laughs> there's a million things, right, that we could get into and talk about, like, from a really high level. But the bullet point stuff that you just got to pay attention to are resources. So, like, cat work is 50% is logistics. Mm -hmm. It's not mitigation. It's no. not, like demo right it's not extraction it's not antimicrobial it's like those things are small it's logistics right and and relationships over years help your logistics get a lot easier but to clark's point the big guys right i'm not going to name names but i will tell you definitively i've been on phone calls recently in the past 24 hours where i know very large national companies are putting down seven figure deposits with rental companies saying i want first right of refusal on you know, 50 generators, 2,000, yep. 200,000 CFM, like real stuff. So if you, if you have resources and you're going to go, like whenever we mobilize, we always like to bring at least like a 350 KVA from our own marketplace, right? Like a big gen set, something that we can give a lot of power to really quickly, right? Because power is key, like in the first three or four days. 
you'd be amazed at like the kind of work you can get if you have a generator. Like, no joke, it's such a simple buy-in, right? You go through the <laughs> It's out of power, right? You say, well, we'll hook it up. Like, we'll give you guys power right now. You will? Yeah, no charge. Listen, we're here to help. At some point, we can talk about what we can do for you, but let's get you some emergency services. Sweet. Good game over. Shut up, right? Really? So bring something. Yes. Right? Just bring something and, and figure out how you can put it into play and put it into use. Now, with that, though, I will caution you. I've been in an experience where I took everything. Listen, I took the damn kitchen sink, literally, right? Like, we <laughs> took everything. And what I will tell you is that does not work. Hmm. That really does not work because it's you lose efficiencies. You're tripping over, you know, hundred dollar bills to pick up pennies in that mindset. So there's certain things you have to do. But here's some three simple things that anybody going out of town, I don't care if you have five guys or fifty guys, your simple amenities. Find a local dry cleaner that'll clean your clothes regularly. They'll come to you and pick them up or you can drop them off so you don't have to mess around with it. Dude, Find, when I was in Austin, they had this this service. And then with that, yeah, I'm going to mute, mute Clark. That nope. stuff is phenomenal. Like, so you can take care of your resources. Like some amenities make your days go a lot better. The other thing is food. If, you have, if you're lucky enough to have a large enough crew, find a local catering company and have your food catered in. It'll save you money, save you time, give you a better quality food when, no, when there's no other food. Right? So that's really, really important. And then, you know, this is my personal opinion. You guys do whatever you want to do in your own lives, but... I will tell you right now, I would have a policy on drugs and alcohol after our use on cat with your employees and stuff. Um, and I don't yeah. care what part of the country you're from, but, it's but gotta be like dry. those things create problems yeah. on the job site. I was going to talk about that too. You know, like, so, so just be aware of some of those fundamental things, right? If you go out there with the right intent to build the right relationships and service the right people and have the right contracts and, and do the right things, I'm not telling you that you're going to get 100% return, but your chances of doing getting back is, is a lot better, right? So no matter what, this is a gamble. I don't care if you tell me you got jobs lined up all the way to Sunday. This is always a gamble, right? You just never know, right? So just understand that and, and document everything, guys. I mean, dude, document until you think you can't document anymore. Perfect. Hey, let, me, let me piggyback off that, Joe. You, you mentioned something that I'm always very hypersensitive about is that's your crew. You may bring three, five, ten guys from your home base, and they may be studs at home. But let me promise you, and I know Lindsay's going to chime in. I know, Joe, you know about this. Your guys, after eight days, ten days on a cat, are you'll, you'll find out who's real and who's not, right? So mm -hmm. you're going to see burnout from people you didn't think you would, mm -hmm. and then you'll see people rise to the occasion that you didn't think would. So be very, very clear and talk to everybody, and don't lose the good guys, especially if you've got work lined up. Yeah, late days 8 to 21. Hey, guys, I got a funny story. So I never wore a watch until – I never wore a watch that had the days of the week ever until I started doing cat work, then you start forgetting that Saturdays and Sundays, you don't call home. You don't, you know, you don't, you miss the kids birthdays or whatever. So it's real because you're working, uh, you know, you're working a month straight, seven days, 12 hour days, but your, your crew, I mean, we can get tired. We can shut down we can probably get by with it. But if you miss three or four of your studs that are supposed to be standing that job up, um, make sure you get a rotation, Make a promise of rotation and have a plan for that. I can't tell you enough. Um, and then, and then again, what we're saying about resources, you know, just lunch and water and fuel and restocking your tools. Theft, I will tell you, that's something that everyone. And Joe, you probably know this. Your shit's gonna get stolen. Yes. Oh. 
Oh, if you do not, if you do not lock your stuff down, it will absolutely come up missing. I'm talking. You can go in and get your paperwork and come back out, and your stuff's gone. So that's, that's big something. stuff too. Listen, big that's stuff. That's for real. Big stuff. People will pick up and just hook up to a trailer. And Trailers, go and the exactly. Cops, the cops don't care. Nobody cares. Like nobody cares. <laughs> that's theirs. Have a nice day. <laughs> I've had so much stuff walk off a job site. Not even that. We're not. Man, I get some nasty feedback. I think it's Joe. Yeah, it was Joe. See, Joe, I muted you. Sorry. Here you go. I'm turning back on. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Ooh, nasty. Um, what is that? I don't know. Oh, I got it back. Okay. I muted. You. Maybe, uh, maybe call back in. Call back in and say, uh, if you have to. Let's hear from some other people. Let's I know Lindsay, been on yes, Lindsay um, or, or Sean. I know Sean's done a lot of cat. And who else has done some cat? Who else can tell us? Danny. Oh, there's John Grubb. I know he's a cat. He's like a lion. But uh, Danny, John's I talked to Danny today. He's heading down. So, Danny, what do you say? I mean, it's always a crapshoot. I go expecting nothing, anything I get and reap uh, as a reward. Then I look at that as a profit, obviously. Um, I personally go go myself. Um, I got my semi headed down there now. I'm about to grab my trailer right now. Um, and then uh, I lock and secure the jobs. And then once I get the jobs, I, I bring reinforcements down from there. I mean, uh, my crews are on standby, ready to go, and uh, willing, willing to participate at any moment's notice. And they know that they got a 16-hour drive. And as soon as they get done with that drive, they're hitting the, hitting the clock and getting, getting game face on. Getting to work. How far are you, Danny? What's that? How far are you from Carolinas? Primary office is about 14 hours away. So I mean, uh, resources is another big thing. Resources, obviously, I have. Uh, I believe I have pretty good resources. I mean, I was able to uh, operate effectively out in uh, Harvey, where they weren't able to get around. And uh, a lot, of, like you said, a lot of the big guys secured things, even though they didn't necessarily have it on jobs. Just to Make sure the little guys couldn't get stuff, and thank God I was able to uh, pull in some phone calls and pull some strings to uh, get some resources, some large equipment to facilitate jobs. I think I ran enough of that stuff throughout the year to be able to uh, have those connections to be able to get it. Been in the industry long enough to uh, know, know what rocks to find them under. That's a lot of it, isn't it, Danny? Um, having, having a Rolodex is a big part of it in the cat. You there, Danny? Well, yeah, Lindsay. I agree, definitely. Lindsay had a good point, and that's something nobody talks about is cash flow, having enough to cover your expenses. Because uh, if you get on a job and you've got 30, 40 temps, those guys start wanting to be paid in seven days. And you, that's a number that starts to really, really, really stack up hard. So making sure you've got cash flow or just don't take jobs that you can't swallow. They come across because jobs will come at you. Somebody say, hey, can you handle this whole food line? Sure. But can you finance it? And that's you know that's a good one to team up with somebody on. Yeah, it's it's going to be a function of once you get a job and you show a presence somewhere, you're going to get another job. Uh, it's just going to be if you can show you can man it up and and put proper amount of equipment on it, um, you're going to get the next job. Um, but you, that could snowball real quick on you as well. Who's got Who's got experience on on that aspect of it? Getting that first job, that anchor job, and then uh, letting it roll from there. Say, I mean, uh, Harvey, I, I definitely experienced uh, and, and learned uh, 
play my purse strings a little bit better this time because, uh, I, I mean, uh, I cash flowed the job for nine months. That was brutal. It, it almost put me under. But, uh, I mean, obviously, once I what, reaped the paycheck, it was uh, a little <laughs> a little more comforting, you know what I mean, to get the uh, bills paid and everything else. But it was, it was tough. Hey, Steven's got a couple questions there. Um, Steven's like, go now, go after Storm, go when you have guaranteed work. My opinion, I would wait till the day after or start driving. If you're if you're hell-bent on going, start driving now and stop in Memphis or Atlanta or something like that. But um, there's going to be evacuation order in place. There's going to be places you can't get into. I know a lot of people had that problem in Maryland this year with Ellicott City. Um, you couldn't get in there for days and unless you knew somebody. And we had some rebels that were, were locked in and they got all the work. But I would certainly say – Go, uh, I would wait till Friday, Saturday myself because nobody's if they're if they're going to sign up the first job, they already have, and that's the guys that we're talking about with uh, you know, Danny and me and Joe. And many of these guys have relationships with national chains and brokers. And the minute somebody finds out their places of businesses are jacked up, they're already getting a phone call. But now, residential people can't get it back into their houses maybe till if this thing hits on Friday. Maybe they won't get back in until Sunday or Monday and make some decisions and try to start scratching their head and calling, seeing what their coverages are, even getting somebody from insurance to answer the phone. So I think you're okay waiting until this weekend, Steven. Yeah, and here's something, too, to think about it, so you guys understand. Like the outer banks, right, that go north to south all the way down the Carolinas, there's six bridges that get onto that about 120-mile stretch, only six access bridges. So – it's very common that these kinds of winds are going to disrupt the soil along with the storm surge. There are actually most likely to be a lot of gas line breaks. So they won't even let people most likely onto that uh, outer banks, that entire stretch of really awesome high end, really valuable mitigation property uh, for probably like seven to eight days. Like that's what we saw in Sandy, right? You couldn't get out to LDI out of in New Jersey. You can get out there for at least six, seven days after, like really get out there. So there's going to be a lot of restricted access. There often is if the storm is worth it, right? So if you can get everywhere day one, guess what? The storm wasn't worth it. Just FYI. Like, that's a sign to go home within the first 24 hours. That's true. I will tell you this. So if you are deciding to go, and, and Steven and anybody else, and you are successful, you're going to learn so much. I mean, you're going to come back a different person. But I want to tell everybody – the stuff that we talk about for the FNOL and for the ratings and the uh, – not the ratings, the reviews and stuff, nobody's looking probably at your reviews back home, and they're not going to probably want – you're not going to stick a, a review in their face. It's going to – this is going to be a high-speed, low-drag thing, get in, get out. Um, I just want everybody to know this is going to be a, a different field than you working in your backyard. I mean, you can still do some good and bring the humanitarian side with it, but um, – Everybody's just wanting to get back open and get their life back to normal really quick. But it's yeah. a good experience for those that go and have success. It sometimes changes their company, especially not only with the inflow of cash flow, you know, the cash flow, but um, just with their team's ability to step up. You buy some new equipment, you figure out what works, you see what other people are doing on a big scale, and it kind of helps you come back. Plus, Get a couple of big cats on your belt. Bring that back and put that in your marketing. Sometimes that'll open up new doors in your backyard. For sure. Hey, Lindsay, uh, you were raising your actual hand, not your virtual hand, so nicely there. What's up? I couldn't find the actual one. I mean, the virtual one. Anyway, 
So um, something else to keep in mind here. I went to um, Myrtle Beach specifically during Hurricane Matthew, and I had a f five or so very large projects there. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you something to keep in mind here is that they not only have damage from this hurricane, but they have damage that everybody else did not remediate correctly every other time. So you have damage going all the way back until you know the 60s or prior when this stuff was built that has been hit year after year after year. And in addition to all that has all the salt, so that degrades it more. And this stuff, this stuff is gonna be bad. Cause I had stuff two years ago that we were fighting from like 1975 from a hurricane that hit. No kidding. And so now you have to take into consideration. Now you're gonna have to, you're gonna have that to fight for as well. Hmm. So not only are you gonna have this damage that's now occurring, but you're gonna have to fight for what happened 20 years ago that never got remediated appropriately in the first place. Interesting. Listen, Interesting. John, a, you. That's a really great point, Lindsay. Like pre-existing issues from last storms. That's a great point. Um, John, you got something to add to that? Um, not to add to it. Oh. I just wanted to get it out there before I. I forgot. Um, one thing that I noticed during Harvey and Irma, and so let's let's say you are en route, and it's the day the the hurricane you know makes makes landfall. You can follow this stuff in real time on Twitter. People will start hashtagging photos and video of the storm as it makes landfall. Um, during Harvey, especially, and a little bit in Irma, but especially Harvey, because I had. I had several clients responding from, from out of state um, between you know, basically Twitter and Instagram. I was able to, from Idaho, pinpoint some really good areas to, you know, send my guys to. So um, for, for prospecting. Correct. And this, this assumes first, as far as digital advertising, don't even think about it. Um, you'll, you'll blow a ton of money. Uh, <laughs> just on clicks enough. for no good yeah. reason. Yes. Consumers are savvy enough to know that you're an out-of-state company unless you've got time to, you know, to build separate landing pages on your site or have your web developer do it. I wouldn't even bother with it. Uh, what's important is get boots on the ground and start knocking on doors. That's what's going to, to um, get you business. But in determining exactly where to go, um, and Joe's right about the bridges and, and the islands and, and uh, the Outer Banks. I was looking at today that Topsail Island, which is just northeast of Wilmington. Saying, yeah. um, I used to vacation there as a kid, and you get winds over 30, 40 miles an hour. The power's going out on the island. They'll shut bridges down. You know, I, I've personally been trapped on that island during a storm. Um, so Twitter is a great resource. Just search for the hashtag. is probably Florence or Hurricane Florence. Um, and folks are going to be, I mean, honestly, before they're even making a phone call for help, people are documenting this on social media. So, Have we forgotten about yeah, so, the other ocean? Yeah, Is right. anyone watching this storm? So on that, John, that point, Jonathan, right? So anybody who's on this event, I strongly encourage you to go on to Facebook. I went on personally and found every single fire department, police department, church, school district, fill in the blank rec community center, right? Anything community driven, opera houses, et cetera. And like all their Facebook pages, all of them, all the way up and down the coast just now, just in the past like seven, eight hours. 
and so that I start seeing exactly what they're talking about. They're going to be able to pinpoint, talk about, describe, explain meetings, town hall meetings, road closures. I mean, the information available to you through these feeds are awesome. And here's the best part. After you leave this event, you go home and you stop looking at their shit on Facebook because of the algorithm, their shit goes away. So don't be afraid to like a bunch of stuff and follow it for the next couple of days. But social media, if you're not following the storm of social media, then the storm's like, it's gone. Hmm. Uh, this thing's looking One nasty. thing I noticed too, during Harvey, <clears throat> I started following a bunch of local uh, newspaper, blog, local TV folks, radio folks. They were going out and, and putting themselves completely at risk to get the, you know, the big story. Um, so I immediately started following a bunch of those folks and would um, tweet questions at them and, and in, again, trying to find what are the best areas. And then I would take that data of, okay, I know this area is flooded. And then I'd go on Zillow and look at median home price, maybe look at city data and get some demographic issue or uh, information and income information. And then from that, that's where I, I pinpointed, okay, I think this place, and it, in Harvey, it was, it was Kingwood. That was a, a good, good spot for guys to be in. Um, and I didn't know that cause I haven't been in the area in over a decade, but, um, between social media and, you know, just kind of following the news, that's, it was a really easy way of, of tracking that. One other thing and I'll shut up. Um, the university of North Carolina has a really, really good free tool that will show you flood areas based on elevation and known uh, river stream lake levels. Um, if you Google like UNC flood map, you should be able to pull it up. Um, that's incredibly, incredibly helpful to determine as the storm moves inland and those streams and rivers rise, it's a really good way of determining what's actually flooded and what's not. Nice. Nice. You want to put that in a group where you can think about it? All right, perfect. Hey guys, and I want to, I want to highlight what you just said. And if anybody has, like th this storm is different than it was 10 years ago. You have this social media has changed everything, but just, just what John was talking about. If you've got somebody back home, even your kid, start checking that Zillow, start doing the homework. You didn't always have that access to that kind of real time information. If you want to go after high end homes, you can start looking at that with heat maps on Zillow and stuff. So there are ways to hack this, but I have a really, really, really cheesy, a really cheesy way to get past. Uh, and I want to be very careful in talking about this, but if you're running into areas, there's going to be a lot of places where you can't get into because of uh, and the lines are down. So all the service trucks, all the Duke Energy is the big energy company out in North Carolina. Go to Radio Shack now, tomorrow, or Granger, and buy a socket, a lighter plug-in, flashing light on top of your truck. Don't pretend to be law enforcement. Don't pretend to be somebody you're not. Just have a light up there and tell people you're an emergency worker and you will open doors that you just don't even know how you got into. So have that on your dash, have it on the top. Don't put it on the top. If you're going to go in and eat somewhere, people will steal it. Like I told you, they'll steal your shit. I'm not kidding. They steal your shit. Ask me how I know. Ask me, tell me from go buy these for your cruise trucks and you will be surprised at how many gates they just say, yeah, come on through, come on through because they're looking for people that can help them get back into into work, into service, into operation in some way. Mm -hmm. And they don't want looky-loos. They don't want tire kickers that are 
wanting to drive by and take pictures and put on Twitter. They're wanting people to come in and do actual work. So, yeah. but again, don't, don't pretend to be somebody. Don't pretend to be law enforcement. Don't pretend to be in FEMA. That'll get you in some real hot weather. But look but, serious. Look serious. Yeah. Look like you're there to do work. I'm, I've been tempted to buy one of those those electric trucks in auction, right? And put <laughs> all nice and white. Put like ABC Electric Company out there. And just roll around. Listen, no one's stopping those trucks. They don't give a shit. They're like, like oh, come on, whatever. Let's go on every cat. Like, I've always wanted to just buy one. They can just roll through everything. <laughs> Oh, you got a big old ladder on top with a couple lights? Yes. You're in. Love it. What's up? You doing else everything? Jeremy Newman was late to the party. You got something to add to the conversation, Jeremy? Love you, man. Just getting just busting me a little bit. Well there will be there will be a bunch of us down there. So um we you know go ahead, Joe. You know, something that's really important, lesson. I learned this lesson in Hurricane Irene, and it, and it cost a lot of money after the fact, like a lot. Um, call your insurance broker. Whoever's got your business insured for your workman's comp, your liability, mm. your vehicles, everything, right? Like, just call your broker and say, can I look at my policy? Can I go to this state and do work? Will I be insured? Mm. So a lot of us as mitigation contractors, you know, we have interesting policies that back up our businesses. Um, and uh, not to give them a plug, but I use uh, American Risk, right? MAR, and those guys put together some phenomenal policies. And, you know, we've had these questions with them, right? And they made sure to make sure that we have the right endorsements to work in the right places so that we don't have additional liabilities. I'm not talking about licensures in order to work in a place. I'm talking about your own insurance company covering you when Timmy gets hurt on the job site that you're in another state and you actually don't have that coverage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Make For a simple sure. phone call. For sure. Absolutely. Looks like Sean Connor's trying to push the unmute button. I'm, I'm going to help you out there. There you go. Yeah, Joe, if you suggested AR or what is that? AMR armor, uh, Derek over there. If you need yeah, AMR, yep. Good guy. Yeah, those guys deliver solid product, that's for sure. They know their stuff. Good. Nice. Uh, sorry, Jeremy, you got Jeremy, you got stepped on a couple times. You got something to say? Yeah, man, totally disrespected. <laughs> um, We're just bastards here. You knew that though. <laughs> no, I just I just got home two weeks ago from Harvey, so I have no desire to go anywhere. I might go down there and just sell a bunch of big jobs and give it to somebody else and come back home because I, <laughs> I have no desire to, to – I'm just tired. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you've got a couple people in the room here to volunteer to yeah. take those off your hands. I, I, I seriously might do that. Oh. Well, that way you're in and out, right? I love it. Good plan. Good plan. Andy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You have any? Are you in any desire to come over and write some stuff, or to, can you do everything from where you are? Both. Okay. Yes, yes, and both. And Lindsay, well, look at Lindsay. Me, me too, me too. Well, you yes. see where I'm? You see where I'm sitting? We so have the resources. Well, why don't you just pull the trailer over there, and we'll uh, we'll bunk yeah, up. But man, you got to do something about. <sighs> all right, I'm gonna share a little bit. There's there's very few people in the world that take snoring and make it a full contact sport, and that man right there. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like a physical assault sleeping next to this man. But uh, well, you've never. I'll bring better earplugs. Never slept next to me, Andy. 
<laughs> I can't imagine. I'll play Anthrax on the surround sound so you won't hear it. Sounds like an invite, Andy. Yeah. Andy, listen, you're going to come right paper. Listen, we're going to do everything in time and materials, right? Yes. Like, uh, Greg Dillon's going to do all the clerk of the works, right? But at the end of the day, we still want an exact platform. We still want to be able to use that square footage and those measurements and all those beautiful things that exactly does for us. And I love the cost compare against time and materials. Like, there's nothing better than to be able to just create the data on the real loss that you just did and say, wow, look at what works, look what doesn't work. Right. Like, we've been able to get to a square foot estimating process on CAT because we take all the data from every job, time materials, exactly. And we say, okay, listen, you're, you, a foot of water, it's 19 the square foot, it's X a square foot, so much services, blah, 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 blah. So, like, you're going to come right. You're going to come right all the stuff. I mean, let's just make sure this thing makes landfall, though, right? Like, Oh, it's gonna. It's, hey, Joe, did you talk to Greg, Joe? Who? Have you talked to Joe? I mean, Greg? Today? Yeah. No, like uh, two days ago. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Well, let's let's wrap it up. Feel free to continue this conversation in the group. Um, if we want to, I'm going to open up the resource. If 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 you have a group of folks, three or four folks that want need to get together and make a video, you have a video conference, um, let me facilitate that for you. I will, I'll give you the Zoom stuff and, and you guys, um, if you wanna coordinate, if you're gonna create some groups and, and you know, I'm gonna, there's these five folks I'm gonna go work with. Um, yeah, let's, let's let the group help you coordinate at least that way. Um, but, and if you wanna, you wanna have, have this conversation again later this week, let me know. We'll, we'll start it up again. It seems to be some, some interest. But in the meantime, take care of each other. Be safe. Don't lose your ass chasing something you don't know how to go get. Uh, but if you go get it, good luck to you, man. I'm, I'm, I, I hope we see a lot of rebels over there doing some good work, making some good money, uh, and everyone wins. Everyone wins. So we will see you later. <laughs>